Hello, 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 and welcome to this episode of the PD Smash Podcast. Today we have a great one for you. We are going to first talk about a few of the series that I have watched in my reactions to some of the playoff series since the last episode. And then after that, I'm going to talk about my NBA awards and who I would hand them out to if I was the voter. Thank you so much, Smash fans, for coming and listening to this episode. One note before we start is this is a pre-recorded episode because I am not going to be here on on Wednesday to record an episode because I will be in Freeport because I am going on vacation, which is very nice. So I won't be as current in this episode when it comes out on Wednesday, but that shouldn't matter because it, we're not really talking about current events in this episode. However, once again, I want to thank Smash fans for coming out and tuning into this episode. And without further ado, let's cue that intro. They can say what they want now. Cause we'll be screaming now. We can be heroes everywhere we go. We can have all that we ever Hello. Smash fans, once again, I want to thank all of you for tuning in. And for the first part of this episode, we are going to be talking about two playoff series in particular, being the Jazz Grizzlies, as well as the Knicks-Hawks series. First up, let's talk about the Knicks-Hawks. Because from an overarching view, it looks like the Hawks are going to win this series. Not necessarily because... It's not going to be close series, but unlike what I thought was going to happen, it just looks like Julius Randle can't handle the moment this year, which if Julius Randle cannot play well, it does not matter if Derrick Rose steps up. It's just it's just over for the Knicks if Julius Randle cannot step up. Regardless, Trey Young's been playing amazing, and I expect him to continue to play amazing, although... I do want to point out that it's not okay to spit on people. That was not a good... No, stop. That's not good for the league, for our images fans. It's not funny. It's not... Haha, it's cute. It's annoying and disrespectful. But now getting back on track, what I did find kind of curious about this game is how heated the two teams have become against each other. And I think it's become a rivalry for years to come if... Everything shakes out in the correct way, which that would be very funny to me personally. I'd love to see a rivalry between the Atlanta Hawks and the New York Knicks. I think that would be a great rivalry just because of how polar opposite those two teams play and how interesting it would seem for those two teams to play. But that is just a personal opinion there, obviously. However, I do see the Hawks now probably winning this in seven, although I do want the Knicks to win. So we'll see how it turns out, but I think the Hawks will eventually pull this one out. Next up, I want to talk about the Utah Jazz series with the Grizzlies. First off, I want to give a huge shout out to Dylan Brooks, who has been amazing during this series. Even though he did foul out during the last game, he still ended with, I think, like 28 points, playing really good defense. So shout out to Dylan. Shout out to John Moran, who's been playing really well as well. And then shout out to Grayson Allen, who had a really big Game 3, even though the Jazz did pull that out in the end. However, 
I do want to point out that if you are a not a Jazz fan and you have a team in this playoffs that are, in, that are not the Grizzlies, and you're especially if you're in the West, you should be ecstatic by how the Jazz are playing right now because they honestly were being outplayed by the Grizzlies almost that entire time. But it did not matter at all because of how absolutely deadly and better the Jazz are just as a team than the Grizzlies. But when you get into the second and then the third round, when you're, play, when you're facing the Mavs, when you're facing the Clippers, when you're facing the Suns, when you're facing the Lakers, any of those teams, the Nuggets, the Blazers, you face any of those teams, you're in massive trouble because those teams can match you firepower-wise. And if you are being legitimately outplayed by a young, young eighth seed where really youth is the main reason that team is losing games, if you are struggling against that team, even if it doesn't seem like it, then when you get to the second round, you're going to have an extremely tough time when you face an established team or more of an established team with a better number one. So just overall, just you got to think about that if you are a Jazz fan. That's not a very flattering thought to think of. So either there are two possibilities. One, the Grizzlies are just way, way, way overachieving and it just makes it look like the Jazz are not doing a very good job as a team or the Jazz are in some deep trouble. I think it's probably a little bit of both, but the Grizzlies, I know for sure, are gonna be fun for a few years at least, if not even more than that, because Ja, he is a future superstar in this league. Dylan Brooks may make an all-star team as soon as next year. There are so many good players in this league, and I'm really excited to see where it goes, but that's besides the point. As of right now, I do still see the Jazz winning this in five or six, but in the second or third round, they're going to have a really tough time. And I do not see them really getting out of the second round. I don't see them giving much of a fight to whoever they play, whether that is the Mavericks or the Clippers. Probably the Mavericks, but we'll see how game four goes as I'm recording this. Game four is at 8.30 today because I'm recording this on a Sunday afternoon. So if that is the case, then we will see if the Clippers can pull that game out, because if the Clippers can pull that game out, then it's any one series. But if the Mavericks win game four, then the game, or game, is it game four or game three? I think it's game four. Pretty sure it's game four. Yeah, it's game four, my bad. It is game four. So if the Mavericks win game four, the series is over. If the Clippers win game four, then, man, this is any one series, and it's probably going seven, but honestly, Whichever way it goes, I'm just excited to see how these NBA playoffs turn out. And now, without further ado, let's get into the main segment of this week's podcast. Now we are going to go through each award, or mainstream award, I should say, for the NBA and talk about who I believe should win the award. Now, who do I believe will? Because some of the awards have already been given out. But who do I believe deserves the award the most? First up, Rookie of the Year. I'm going to go with Anthony Edwards. Even though LaMelo Ball did have the better season overall, 
he didn't play enough games, in my opinion, to where the gap in games justifies the play in terms of who gets the award. The reason why Joel Embiid almost won the award over Malcolm Brogdon because Malcolm Brogdon was having an all-right season and Joel Embiid was having an all-star caliber season as a rookie. And that's why there was a conversation, even though he only played 30 games, I think it was either like 30 or 40. He was in the conversation because he was averaging like 21 points or something. The gap between Anthony Edwards and LaMelo Ball the rookie year is not that big. And LaMelo missed substantial amount of time. So I have to give the award to Anthony Edwards because availability is in the end the best ability. And that's what Anthony Edwards has shown throughout the year. So I would have to give the Rookie of the Year to Anthony Edwards because he had a better season than Tyrese. And he played more, a substantially amount of more games than LaMelo Ball. Next up, we're going to talk about the Coach of the Year award, which really has two frontrunners for it. Quinn Snyder doesn't really know. Sorry, Quinn Snyder. Just, no. So really, it's Monty Williams and Tom Thibodeau. And there are a couple reasons you could vote for either. For Monty Williams, it's after getting hired as a coach, you instilled a culture in this team along with Chris Paul that has gotten them from being a perpetual bottom feeder to a second seed who has a real chance at dethroning the defending champs in a series. And then you also have Tom Thibodeau, who, without any roster changes at all, in one season changed a bottom-of-the-league laughing-stop type of team into a good playoff team who is holding their own against a fifth seed, a fourth seed, I believe. I believe it's a fourth seed or is it a fifth seed? Either way, they have the same record, so it doesn't really matter. But regardless... They're holding your own against another really good team in the East. So both, I say, are deserving of the award. However, I would give the award to Tom Thibodeau because, honestly, the Knicks were a laughing stock. Stop? Sorry, stock. The Knicks are a laughing stock, and there's no way around that. But Tom Thibodeau changed the culture. He took a bunch of people who were not even really a team, just there for the paycheck, and made them into a team. He made the roster moves he needed to make, i.e. Derrick Rose, because him and Derrick Rose are like freaking a match made in heaven, but that's another story. Anyway, he made the roster moves to get Derrick Rose, who then once again had a resurgence under his care. He scored 30, 30 points in game three. They lost, but that was because of Julius Randle. Again, Julius Randle needs to play better if they want to win that series, but that's another topic. He got Julius Randle to play at an all-star level. He did a really good job developing the rookie in Emmanuel quickly and understanding that Obi Toppin does not deserve to have minutes, especially as many minutes, unless he plays well and he hasn't been playing particularly well this season. So he's given those minutes to Julius Randle and other backups, and he's still given Obi Toppin some run, but because he hasn't been the greatest, he hasn't gotten too much run, but he made this team a win-now type team. 
with the assets and personnel they had now, and they've made the, he's made this team buy in fully to the culture without any real star star before this year. As to where Monty Williams had both Chris Paul and Devin Booker, who both were good flagship pieces who can help turn the culture with your coach. Tom Thibodeau did not have that because before this year, Julius Randle is not was not a good player. He was like an all right player, but he was not a good player. And that was Julius Randle was probably their best player on that roster. So that roster was really just pitiful last year. But regardless, yeah, Tom Thibodeau had less to work with and did more, in my opinion, than what Monty Williams did. So Tom Thibodeau, to me, deserves Coach of the Year over Monty Williams. Next up, we have the most improved player, which, honestly, Julius Randle wins this. There's no competition. I've heard people say Luka, which is dumb because... He had a bigger jump between year one and year two than year two and year three. but So that's dumb. Then I'm trying to think. Jalen Brown's another name. But no. Julius Randle was, for the majority of the season, as good if not better than Jalen Brown. And Jalen Brown was better than him last year. So just off pure comparison, that just doesn't make any sense. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. Can't really think very much else going on. Jeremy Grant was the name in there early, but he kind of fell off. But yeah, it's really Julius Randle. No one, no one else really deserves an award other than Julius Randle. So congrats to Julius Randle for winning the award because it was announced a few days ago. There's no one more deserving than you for that award. Next up, we're going to talk about the Sixth Man of the Year Award, which... I think should have gone to Joe Ingles instead of Jordan Clarkson. Because although Joe Cl- Jordan Clarkson had a really good first year, he didn't have as good of a second year. Or, my apologies. Although he did not have a amazing second and a half of the year, he had a really good first half of the year. And that pushed him over the top for the Sixth Man of the Year award, did Jordan Clarkson. However, I believe Joe Ingles should have won it because of his playmaking and defensive presence on the floor versus... Jordan Clarkson, who is really just there to score and doesn't do much else. And when he's not scoring, he's not contributing. Whereas Joe Ingles, if he's not scoring, he's still contributing in a multitude of ways. So overall, I would have picked Joe Ingles this year because he had a really good season. However, really what I would have liked to see is someone give Derek Rose some love and give him the sixth man of the year because he was outstanding for the Knicks. However, I get it because he didn't really have a good first half and he wasn't really on the bench for all of it either because wow the Detroit Pistons are just bad and it's the Detroit Pistons but that's besides the point I believe in general that it should have been Joe Ingles I don't think Jordan Clarkson deserved it because of his play in the second half of the year and I think Joe Ingles was way more consistent than Jordan Clarkson so overall I would give Joe Ingles, the award for sixth man of the year. Sorry if you heard my phone there. My mom needed something and I had to respond. My apologies. Next up, we have the defensive player of the year who there's really a two-man race between Rudy Gobert, 
And Ben Simmons, now personally, I'm pretty, I'm like 99% sure it's going to go to Gobert. But I would much rather see it go to Ben Simmons because I think Ben Simmons just had a better defensive year. Because not only was he doing a really good job protecting the paint along with Joel Embiid, he was also doing an amazing job as a playmaker on the defensive end and guarding one-on-one on the perimeter on the defensive end. Just really good job overall for Ben Simmons. Just playing his role, playing what he needed to play right. And it was really just, it's amazing. It's amazing how much of an improvement Ben Simmons has made on the defensive end this year. And I think he should win the defense play of the year because not only does he defend the interior, he also defends the perimeter as well, both at an elite level. And really, I think Ben Simmons should win it because not only that, but I do believe that Gobert is a little bit of an overrated defender because although he's a, like a generational team defender and paint protector, if you go up against a good enough guard, he will cook Gobert and Gobert will be played off the floor where you can't play Ben Simmons off the floor on their defensive end. He will do anything you need him on the defensive end. On the offensive end, you might be able to play him off the floor, but he will not be taken off the floor because of his defense at any point during a game of any stature. So for that reason, I do believe Ben Simmons should win Defensive Player of the Year. Now moving on to the final award, which is MVP. And for that, really, it's a two-man race between Nicole Jokic and Steph Curry. And I believe that Nikola Jokic should win the award based on the precedent that has been set in that not giving it to him now just shows the... How do I want to put this? The affinity of the super names, I should say. Because Nikola Jokic is a superstar, but he's not a superstar name. However, with players like Steph Curry... Chris Paul, those are superstar names and superstar players. So, giving it to Steph Curry is the sexier pick and means more media attention. But what I really don't want to happen is see someone give Steph Curry the award because they want the media to give it more buzz. Whereas Nikola Jokic deserves the MVP because he has been playing at a superstar caliber level for the past two years. He is playing at possibly the best player in the world status right now. Unless super, except for Steph Curry, who's also gone super sane this year. So Steph Curry has definitely been the better player, but he hasn't had the better team. And because Steph Curry doesn't really have a all-time great narrative, I kind of touched on this in one of my previous episodes, but Steph Curry doesn't have an all-time great narrative. And with that in mind, he shouldn't win MVP because his narrative is not great. His team is not great. And he may have the better stats than Jokic. But Jokic has the better narrative and the better team. Because Jokic, you have this, oh, this sixth man of the... This man is a, a big man. He passes like a guard. There hasn't been a big man to win the award in almost 10, in over 10 years. The center hasn't won the award since Shaq in 2000. And we've never seen someone as good as Jokic passing in the big man arena. And he's such a finesse finisher. 
you have all these things going for Jokic, and it would be his first MVP. And honestly, he averaged damn near a triple-double as a center. That's kind of crazy because of the amount of assists you have to get at the center position. So overall, I would say that Nikola Jokic deserves this because he has the same narrative as Steph Curry, a better team record, and only slightly worse stats. But the team record really does set you apart. It's really hard to win MVP when your team didn't even make the playoffs. So, yeah. I'm saying MVP goes to Nikola Jokic because, honestly, he deserved it. He deserved the MVP 100% hands down. And there's nothing you can say to really change my mind on that. Chris Paul is my favorite player of all time, and I even had Nikola Jokic over him for MVP. So, yeah, there's nothing you can really do to change my mind. I really do believe that Nikola Jokic deserves this MVP without a doubt. He put in the effort. He put in the work. Slim Jokic is a real thing, and he has done what he needed to do to win the MVP because, honestly, he deserved it, and he did what... Joel Embiid should have done a long time ago and just started to do now, which was putting the effort and putting the work. I know that was a little bit of a shot at Joel Embiid, but that was because, honestly, I think Joel Embiid had an MVP caliber season this year, but I think he could have had one last year too and he just chose not to put in the effort. But that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother time. But as of right now, that is it. I think... That's all I really wanted to talk about for this episode. I know this is a little bit of a shorter episode. This will probably end up coming around to about 20-25 minutes versus the usual about 30-35 to minutes. However, I do hope that you still enjoyed this episode. I know it's a little shorter, but I I had to pre-record this, which means I have a little less to talk about. And I just hope overall that you still enjoyed this episode because I thought it was still a blast to record and... I love talking about the MVP and that type of stuff. So I hope you enjoyed my thoughts on that. If you want to read the article that I made about my NBA awards and why I gave them certain awards to certain people, you can go and check out my blog, which is the first or second link in the description of both the Spotify, both the Spotify link and the YouTube link. If you're listening to this on my blog, you just have to click to the article section. If you want to contact me to talk about basketball, maybe talk about football too, because I do do football. I didn't do football today, but I usually talk a lot about football. So if you want to talk about football or basketball or really any sport, feel free to hit me up by going to the contact section of my page and using either the contact within the blog, emailing me or texting me using the information provided and just Overall, I really want to thank you all Smash fans for all you have done for me. And really, until next time, PD Smash, signing off. They can say what they want now.